Hey folks, how y'all doing today? It's Chris here with uh, Sticky Scabana podcast slash vlog. Uh, today we've got episode 9. Can you believe it? We are already at number 9. Not too many more to go for this season so far, but without further ado, I want to uh, introduce my guest to everybody. Today we've got Draven Morningstar. What's going on, Sticky? Hey, not too much. So if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about yourself. I grew up in Jeff City. Um, played, kind of started picking up the bass when I was like 15. Had a, a little band I was in then, then took over singing details. And that's when I had my love for singing. I was writing all our vocals and stuff at that time, but never, uh, never tried to sing. So yeah. I've been in some different bands off and on since like 15 years old. Uh, I'm a married guy. My wife's pretty awesome. Sometimes she comes out and DJs for me. Sometimes I run my equipment myself. Um, yeah. got two girls, Ariana and Skylar, and two grandsons, Damon and Knightley. So that keeps me hopping. I can imagine. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, I love music and movies. I listen to anything pretty much from Robert Johnson's blues in the 30s to death metal and gangster rap and some of this hip-hop that's come out in Nashville and love me some old outlaw country too so I'm kind of weird kind of a mixture of everything exactly yeah, yeah for sure so I see you brought some equipment with you and everything uh that I did is this kind of what you usually bring when you do a show no no so when I do a show I usually have these two big candelabras mm -hmm. that I light up with candles I usually have a podium with me, and I also have a real big backdrop that I have. It says Draven Morningstar on it, so I look a little more professional on stage. Uh, I also do kind of, I'll do some, like, clothing changes here and there on stage, so I, I'm one man when I'm on stage, so I try to fill up. You know, so it's not just so negative negative space. So yeah. I, uh, yeah, so I just I throw some stuff out there and try to make it look cool. And I can definitely tell, you know, yeah, from from your shows, because like I said, we had you out at the Cabana how many times last year? Three, three, or four, three or four, somewhere around there, yeah. somewhere around there. And we've got you for another four this year. Yeah. Uh, with the first one being the benefit. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be awesome. I guess you just told me I'm going to headline that show, yeah. which is awesome. Yep. As soon as I heard about Jared's deal, I was like, oh, dude, if you're going to do a benefit, let me know, and I'm on it. Yeah. And uh, so I guess I'm going to headline night one of that. Yeah. And trying to get off work both nights. So if I can, <laughs> I'd like to be out, you know, afternoon, night two to, to support everybody as well. Well, we definitely appreciate it for sure. Yeah, for you. sure. Yeah. Um, it's, it's going to be a, a heck of a show. I can right. tell you that with 13 different musicians coming out. So right. yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a big show. Uh, food trucks, vendors. Yeah. That's what's you know, up. Silent auction, you name it. I got a feeling it's going to turn into a small festival. Right. Yeah. That'd be awesome. I, uh, and I have a show, what, June 24th or 25th. Mm -hmm. uh, that's going to be me headlining. Fire White's going to play that. And then a uh, dude who raps, actually, named Mr. Nice Guy. So yeah. he's going to be opening the show. And it should be a real cool time. Yeah, I, I do believe so. Yeah, and you've got an October and an and a August date as well. Yeah, yeah. August and October, so yeah. So we're working on filling up those shows. Yeah, we yeah, have plenty I'm stoked, of time. man. I love playing out at the Cabana. Now, since you did play out there, can you tell us anything, any positives about being out there? Anything good? 
I love that it's kind of like when you're just chilling out there, it's a real laid back atmosphere. Yeah. Like everybody gets along real well. Even yeah. if let's say you're not into what whoever's playing, like everybody is still like claps for them and you know it's real respectful out there yeah. it's just a real cool time like okay. yeah you know you go around back and you're like oh all right you got the old <laughs> wire spools as tables and i dig that and it's just it's just a cool spot to hang out pretty cool yeah i got a little bar and yeah, yeah a little bonfire pit and yeah 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 it's good stuff man for sure so i enjoy playing out there i'm trying to get some more gigs set up for the summer but right now stickies has got me so that's what's yeah, up we'll take you we'll take you for sure for sure <laughs> on that um so back in 2020 when the big c hit uh did you uh perform at all um no i was just kind of starting this project up with a buddy of mine were you yeah, yeah. so it didn't really affect you too bad there then not well, as far as yeah, music not, yeah. yeah and i i worked the entire time too i'm yeah. in like retail and management and stuff so yeah yeah those places don't close down no not really, not <laughs> at all not at all and then last year with the it was still kind of still kind of around quite right. a bit and stuff did you see any effects because i know last year you were out and playing a bit no like last year was cool like yeah. i mean if people wanted to wear a mask they could yeah. out of the cabana you didn't have to but yeah. there were people that did there were people that didn't which is, you know, what kind of choices we should have. Yep. Anyway, my uh, high horse is going to sit down again. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, man, like, I actually got to go to some decent shows last year. Like, you know, Judas Priest was playing, so that was cool. Like, you know, so shows finally picked back up for the mainstream acts, too, which was nice. Yeah, absolutely. So, question that several of us have uh have, what kind of music do you classify yours as? <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. So, I've been going with um, dark synthwave. Okay. That's kind of the best thing I can describe it, because it's kind of got like a 80s new wave feel to it. You can also pick up on some like Marilyn Manson, Trent Reznor kind of industrial stuff. Yeah. Um, so we were kind of kind of has yeah. a my vocals can sometimes have a little bit of a Johnny Cash feel to yeah. them some some on the darker side of stuff mm -hmm. he wrote. Uh, honestly, a lot of my vocals and lyrics are really inspired by what I, I listen to, which yeah. is everything. And you do. Uh, I was talking to you a little bit before this, but you write most of your own. Oh, I write all my own lyrics. Yeah. Um, my buddy is his name's Matt. He actually owns Matt Squatch Entertainment, and so back in 2000, when nobody was doing anything, I didn't have a band at the time, he was sitting bored, and he was writing these killer, just this killer computer music, basically, electronic music, and I heard one, and I was like, dude, I want to write to that. Yeah. So we got down to his house, he's got a, a real nice studio actually set up, and he called me as guinea pig, which is sweet for me because basically I've got an album's worth of material for free. Um, so he'd come in and be like, you know, let's check out some tracks. You know, we, we wrote Cold Dead Lives together the first time I was out there. Um, yeah. That actually had a little input from his son, which was kind of neat too. Mm -hmm. um, 
but yeah, dude is killer. Like he does recording, mixing, mastering. He writes beats. He plays drums. He plays guitar. Um, so he's trying to get some business out there as well. Yeah, you there know, you go. To, if you just want something recorded, he can do it. If you want him to write or be your drummer or guitar player or whatever, he, he can do that kind of stuff. So, yeah, me and him just kind of got together and started doing this. And once in a while, I'll throw my input on the music and be like, hey, can we switch this to this or let's try that? Um, but all of the music's from Matt Squatch Entertainment and then all the lyrics are mine. Uh, once in a while, if I do like longer headlining shows, I'll throw some covers in there because I basically have, you know, an album's worth of material and that doesn't cover, you know, an hour and a half. But so yeah. I, I pick some weird covers, just stuff I like to sing. There you go. And if I'm not mistaken, you were just in the studio not long ago, right? Actually, two nights ago with yeah. Fire White, we yeah. have a song we've been working on. We played it once out at the Cabana. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's called Your Skin's My Sin. It's, uh, it's actually a track. The, the, the track itself is from Matt Squatch Entertainment. And then, of course, she writes her part on the song. And then I've written my parts on there. We just wanted to see what, what we could do together. And it, it's sounding pretty cool. We actually were in her studio the other night. And now that we have a bunch of stuff done on it, we're going to send it to Matt for mastering and let him put his little touches on it. Well, so there you go. There you go. So it's nice to kind of work with people. I'd like to, you know, work with some other folks too and just do whatever, man. I'm pretty laid back. I just want to play music just and have fun. Just want to get out there and play some. Right. For sure. For sure. Well, since you have some of your stuff with you and it looks like you're ready to play and everything, you mind playing us one? Yeah, yeah. I can play one. Well, so I'm going to play uh, Uncle Charlie here. We were talking earlier, mm -hmm. and you were like, hey, Uncle Charlie's a cabana favorite. Mm -hmm. So we'll just, we'll, we'll rock that one. It's, uh, it's clearly about Charles Manson. <laughs> <laughs> Now 
franchise Hippie branch Outcast losers That were born to kill All they needed Was a leader to thrill A long-haired prophet Of madness keep all praise Charlie All the kids would see A prophet of rage A colony of hate A murder just me yeah it's the shirt yeah <laughs> I, I, I like to create 
things. So, you know, it's... So why not Charlie Manson, you know? Mm -hmm. Makes sense. All right. So to switch up the conversation a little bit, you know, and get a little more on a lighter note, um, you know, uh, you mind telling us... uh, you know who? What musician out there, past or present? You know is probably your biggest inspiration, and why? Hmm. Biggest inspiration and why? Let's go because I have a bunch. But mm-hmm. if I was just gonna like pick one, I'd say probably Johnny Cash. Okay. I uh, I know I'm not Johnny Cash, but I feel a very kinship to his story. Mm-hmm about how he was very light and dark in his life. He was very, you know, active with church and things, which, I mean, is not my deal, but it is his. So, you know, he did all these gospel albums and things. But at the same time, he was basically a speed addict, an alcoholic, and he wrote some seriously dark stuff. He did. So I kind of... I would say Johnny Cash just because of the light and dark mm-hmm. uh, of him. Okay. Um, and he was a really good songwriter as well. Yeah. Um, but but I'd say Cash. His last song that he wrote, uh, Hurt. Right, um, right. The yeah. uh, it's the Trent Reznor song. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, he didn't even want to do it initially. Yeah. And Rick Rubin was like, hey, we got to do this. And that actually is probably my favorite song ever, honestly, yeah. is Johnny Cash's Hurt. I do do that once in a while in my shows as a cover just because it's my favorite song and people say, say I can do a pretty decent Johnny Cash. So so this one's called Dig Two Graves. It's one of the, I mean, I like all the stuff I write, but sometimes you find one that is, you know, one you really dig. So like this is probably my favorite song I've written up to this point. There's a darkness that lives in me That eats in my soul I keep it locked up So it don't grow In my old life It feeds on revenge Relentless blackness that knows no ends. Take two graves. Take two graves. Take two graves. Take two graves. Take two graves when I'm in my end. One for my body, and one for my sins. They'll take two graves, so I'll never be whole. Five demons in one, and one for my soul. They'll take two graves, with two iron marks. One for the light, and one for the dark. They'll take two graves, iron marks. One for the light, and one for the dark. The light minds Try to shield from pain 
like a rainbow in spring just after the rain unlike the dirt I'll never be clean the man that's inside can't be unseen Nothing to graves when I'm in my head One for my body and one for my sin Nothing to graves with two vacant plots And I'll never be whole Nothing to graves when I'm in my head One for my body and one for my sin They'll take two graves with two iron marks One for the light and one for the dark Sometimes I feel The mark of the beast The coldness of death Might be relief His words are so smooth like the devils in me A silver tongue prophet It's just me you see They'll take two graves They'll take two graves They'll take two graves with two vacant blocks. So my body and sins have somewhere to rot. They'll take two graves so I'll never be whole. My demons in one and one for my soul. They'll take two graves when I'm at my end. One for my body and one for my sin. They'll take two graves with two iron marks. One for the light and one for the dark. There so we go. Dig two graves. And what's this one about? I'm curious here on this for sure. This is about me. Yeah. I'm light and I'm dark at the same time. I love my wife. I love my kids and things of that nature. Um, but I, uh, I like weird, creepy shit too. I know that inside me is a ton of darkness. So when I die. They're going to need to put me in one grave and my darkness in another. Makes sense. It's a pretty good way to explain that one. Thanks, man. Yeah, I like that. Well, there you go. There yeah. you go. So uh, I do know you are the uh, man of many personalities as <laughs> well. you mind uh, telling us a little bit about some of them? Well, there's clearly Draven Morningstar, yeah. who is, you know, just, I mean, it's me turned up. It's just light and dark Josh acting silly on stage and you know writing things uh for a while i had a uh i don't know if you call them personalities but amped up versions of me in different ways so i had a 
wrap thing I was doing for a while, um, and I was going by Sleezus, and that was uh, basically Sleazy Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, get a rile out of people. Why not be Sleazy Jesus? Um, and it was very, like, real, real vulgar stuff. I don't usually curse in my songs, but when I did that, I it was kind of over the top. I kind of left that in the past. I don't really do the, the side project anymore. Mm-hmm. the rap project but yeah there there's sleezes there is i'm also a uh, i'm a oh ordained minister so i sometimes i was going by reverend sleezes to aggravate people i also used to do years ago a i guess you'd call it a podcast it wasn't what it was then but i pretended to be an evangelicist preacher and i went by reverend rackers and I did all these crazy videos, just stuff that pissed me off or made me mad during the week or, um, you know, whatever. If I didn't have an idea, I'd ask people on Facebook what, or YouTube or whatever what they wanted me to talk about. And then I'd just make it ridiculous and over the top. And mm. I did 40 episodes in 52 weeks. Nice. It was a lot. Yeah. And uh, and I, I just kind of stopped doing it, but it was a good time. It was fun. And uh, season one was more about just me being ridiculous. Season two, I'd always touch on some kind of weird, like, conspiracy theory or... Uh, there'd always be some kind of other message in it other than me being mad. Yeah. Um, so I did that. Uh, let's see. Are there any others? There are. There's well. There's me. There's just plain Josh, who's a mess. <laughs> and uh, I, in my twenties and teens, I had a buddy tell me people looked at me like I was Satan. So I went by that for a long time, and I was very much that person, and I'm very much not that person anymore. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess uh, that may cover them unless yeah. new ones pop up eventually you never know we got one but they're all just kind of you know different versions of me amped up a different way there you go you got one more that you do once in a while oh uh, you came out to the cabana dressed as him last oh yeah. trailer park batman yeah i'm also trailer park batman yeah um that was weird uh, one day I called into the morning shag and it was some just random Batman question and I do a terrible Christian Bale Batman impersonation. And he's like, man, that was pretty good. I'm going to call you Trailer Park Batman. And about a month or so went by and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start calling in as Trailer Park Batman. And for a good little while, yeah. I was on every other day, every day, at least a couple times a week. Uh, unfortunately with the job I have now, I work later in the day, so I don't get to get on there very often, but that was super fun. I just call in and talk some smack, give Trevor a hard time, and then, then it'd be done. <laughs> yeah. And you'd, uh, make guest appearances to different places. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yesterday. I did. Uh, I did yeah. their birthday bash a couple times. Yeah. And then you asked me to come out to the cabana as trailer park Batman. And I, yeah. Took some pictures and introduced the band. So that night, that was that was pretty fun. Local celebrity, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> local celebrity. So one thing I also want to tell you is uh, I want I do want to tell you thank you uh, for oh. one thing. Um, so 
back whenever this all kind of started, before it started with the cabana, I was booking full-time for uh, a venue down in Jeff City called The Hall. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Val, uh, who, of course, ran The Hall. Yeah, Val was awesome. She told me to get in contact with you. And she's like, look, you know a lot of people. He knows a lot of people. So between the two of y'all, y'all can probably, since you're getting ready to start the cabana up there right can probably make this happen up there so there we go yeah i just wanted to tell you thank you for that because i i will tell y'all folks he has helped me with multiple times get musicians out there so i mean you know we all just take care of each other no, absolutely for real like i want the cabana to succeed i want to yeah. see all kinds of people out there yeah. i want to see you throwing <laughs> up some freaking bleachers at some point and, yeah and and you know, That's rivaling the, the Blue Note and rivaling yeah. Rose Music Hall. Like, it's I definitely see a, the goal. Yeah, I mean, I see so much potential out there. It's awesome. And, yeah. you know, why not pull who I can or be like, hey, talk to this guy yeah. or kind of just whatever, you know. So yeah. I got somebody, somebody else coming out hopefully in the August show. And, you know, man, I've met a lot of cool people out of the cabana. So oh, yeah. I want to pull as many people out there as i can well the goal is to within the next four or five years that we're going to buy a little piece of property and we want to put a building up and we want to do nice. indoor outdoor year round oh, that'd be killer and that that's where we'll start rival and you know some right, of the right. other ones you know for sure that's that'll what's up. that'll definitely help <laughs> but i mean you're welcome yeah. i don't really know that i did anything but i appreciate oh, yeah. you Oh, yeah. telling me i did absolutely yeah and and i told val the same thing she was like i told you it'd be good fit you know so yeah, yeah it was a bummer the hall closed because yeah. that was a cool spot yeah and uh it was nice to play down in jeff i got lots of friends and family down there and yeah sometimes trying to get them up here's a mess because yeah. you know people yeah. don't want to drive no 30 miles they don't like to come up so i'm trying far. to get you know some shows booked in in jeff hopefully as well and kind of go from there mm -hmm. but I kind of feel like the cabana will always be my home. Yep. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll take that. We'll take it for sure. We'll take it. Yeah, and like you said, it was a bummer down there with Val. Um, so, you know, I had had her booked, you know, five, six months out in advance. Right, and, and, and some, like, yeah, yeah. big shows. Uh, do we do we call it little people wrestling? But yeah, they yeah. call they called it extreme midget wrestling. Yeah. Was supposed to be out there. You had somebody else that was pretty famous supposed to be booked out. Several there. of them out there. Wasn't uh, it like Uncle Cracker? Or yeah, somebody? no, uh, we had um, almost Kiss. Our, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And JCDC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was a cool little spot. Hopefully yeah. she gets her thing up and running because who doesn't want multiple cool places to go hang out I'm and telling listen to you. music? You know, when, well, of course, you know, whenever it went down, we saw our opportunity and we jumped. Right. And, Heck yeah. You know, with me owning the record label, I already knew I could book. Right. And so, you know, it, we just went from there. You know, we just went from there on it. Heck yeah. So one thing I like to do is I like to uh, show people out there that you guys are human beings. You guys are more than just musicians. You guys are you know, everyday people. And right. so what I like to do is ask a couple questions. And one question I like to ask is, you know, tell us something funny, something funny either from your childhood or a story, something that's happened recently even that's that's funny. Something funny. Well, so this is a kind of funny story. I think it's funny now. It wasn't then. Yeah. So let's go with this. I'm like a little kid, like, I don't know, like 10, 11, something like that, 9, and there was a horrendous ice and snowfall. So we got like ice, and then there was a butt ton of snow. I'm talking like 18, 24 inches in Jeff. 
and then it iced on top of it again. So, perfect sledding. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was sick. And uh, I had this sled we had borrowed from my cousin, and it was literally, it had rails, and it, it looked like a freaking snowmobile, but it was a sled. And we'd get cooking down this hill. Like, we lived on the second highest hill in Cole County when I was a kid. Or at least that's what my dad said. You never know. But, uh, so I go down this hill. It's, we're, we're killing it. Well, I lose control of the sled. And so between our house and the neighbor's house, we had a barbed wire fence that was cut out because our bus stop was down at the neighbor's driveway. Well, there was still a pole that had a bunch of the barbed wire wrapped around it. And I sledded my back right into mm. that pole and barbed wire. Mm. Which doesn't seem like a funny story. But when your dad is a 300-pound biker, long hair, big beard, comes running out of the house, trying to run down a hill in some tennis shoes yeah. that's covered in ice... It was a it was a sight to see. Now that I look back on it, <laughs> like when when it happened, I, it was awful. Yeah. But uh, I I can look at him now and see him running down the hill, and I don't know how he didn't fall. Yeah. He ran down that hill like he had freaking cleats on or something. It was just funny to see because yeah, dad was he wasn't super tall, maybe like five eight five nine, but he was. Could have been in any biker movie you've ever seen, because that's that's just how he was. He was a real deal biker. So yeah. him running down that hill, big ass curly haired mane running down there. It was it was pretty funny now that I look back on that. Yeah. You know, and talking you bring up sled riding at the time. The story, the story I'm fixing to tell kind of goes with that. Um, wasn't funny at the time, but now that I look back at it, I was it was hilarious. So lived down in mary's county bell area right and uh we had a great big snowfall and i was over at my grandparents place and they had we had an awesome little slow uh snow riding spot we, well we got one of those great big disc sleds out and get up to the top of this very utmost hill and you go down the hill and down another one and nice. down another one and then you get to go out across the sewage lagoon when it's frozen and go all the way out, and then at the end of it, if you if you hit it hard enough, you'd pop up and go down a great another one. Nice. So it was awesome, awesome little sled riding spot. Well, I guess I didn't get enough momentum going, and ended up in the middle of the sewage lagoon spinning like this. <laughs> well, it caused enough something with my weight between my weight and everything else. I just went right on through. Oh well, that's that's fun. And of course, I'm standing up to here in right. You know, brown trout. Right, right. You know, your family's and, brown trout at yeah, that. Exactly. And yours. I kept it in the family. Right. Yeah, and of course, you know, so there's there's something at the time was not fun. No, I had no. to I had to hose off outside. Oh yeah. In the freezing, you know, and yeah, and uh, yeah, so that wasn't fun at the time. But now that I look back at it. It's pretty funny. Right, it's pretty pretty hilarious. It's pretty now. funny now. Yeah, for yeah, sure. for sure. Well, another question I like to ask. Um, is uh, do you believe in any conspiracy theories, any cryptids, anything like that? Oh man, <laughs> uh, probably way too many. I think Plum Island's real. Okay. Um, I don't know so much about the uh, oh the chemtrails. I can't. I'm I'm, I'm on the fence with that. Uh, let's see. DARPA's awful. 
Um, there is, ha, man, I can go down this real hard and be super weird. Um, I honestly think that there are, no, they're not aliens or freaking lizard people or whatever, but I think the people that run this country are actually underneath this mountain. And for the life of me, I can't think of the name of this mountain because there is literally an entire city, mm. malls. I mean, everything that a normal city has is underneath this mountain. And that's where I think the actual people that run our government are at. Yeah. I think everybody else are figureheads. Um, so yeah, that'll that'll make me seem crazy. Could be like uh, Mount Rushmore, how they said that there is that uh, spot underneath Mount Rushmore, right? That, that you know you can drop down in. So yeah, there's a there's that. Let's see, kind of more normal. I, I'm I may be an atheist, but I believe in ghosts. Go figure. I'm a walking contradiction. Um, yeah. Let's see. Bigfoot. I want to believe in Bigfoot. Yeah. I don't know that there are still Bigfoot. Yeah. But I want to think there's Bigfoot. I possibly think, since we can't go down to the Marionic Trench in the ocean, that there's a lot of crazy stuff that's living down there that we uh, we can't see and would be surprised to know what's still down there. Yeah. Um, let's see. We hit Palm Island. That was that. That's a crazy thing. I think. Uh, I think the big C is world government issued, not just America, not just China. That's something that the upper one percent created mm-hmm. to uh, cut down population. For yeah. population control because we are killing the planet and using up all our resources um, there's a definite line where you can follow where the u.s government pays a canadian research lab and it was for research and that same canadian research lab paid the same amount of money to wuhan china to yeah. the lab where that was released in. yep um, so you can, you can get into that all you want. I think it wasn't necessarily the United States doing it. I think it was literally the people that run the world were like, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta off some people. Yeah. So I think that is, is something that's going on. And literally, literally nobody's came out and denied that. Like, I think a lot of people think that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's that. Yeah, um, I'm sure there are others. I'm sure. Yeah, there's there's quite a few actually. You know, there's several that I as well. You know, there's nine oh, eleven, nice. nine eleven, Kennedy. Well, Kennedy you know. was definitely assassinated by the government. So there's yeah. that one. He How was, many shooters? Honestly, I don't know. And I think there has something to do with the little lady on the lawn that they can't uh, can't ever identify. I think she has something big to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, 9-11, I think very well could have been an inside job or a, again, another kind of 1% thing. Hey, you're going to take a hit so we can do this, that, and the other to distract people from mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. There always seems to be a 
shooting or a star that freaks out or a musician that freaks out the same time something big in the world or the government happens you can mm -hmm. go look at all kinds of different things and see where oh britney shaved her head but look what's over here that really happened like yeah anytime something like that happens something bigger in the world happens and we eat up people yeah. like that with a spoon and don't pay attention to the magician over here yep yep you're absolutely right there so yeah i'm, uh, I'm into conspiracy theories a little bit <laughs> there you go um i do have a question for you though because i don't think i've ever asked sticky mm-hmm is it because you don't wash your hands? Ah. <laughs> no, so what we do every episode is we have somebody uh, ask me how I got the nickname Sticky. So it happened actually back in high school. Um, back then I drove my dad's 1980 Thunderbird around. Uh, it, it was souped up. I had a big motor in it, so I got to show off to friends and nice. everything. So by showing off you know, speed you know, to people... Women tend to like you as well a little bit. So I had me a woman and girl at the time back in the, in the back seat of the car, and of course you know vinyl seats, yeah you know everything like that. Oh yeah. So after I left my uh, snail trails in the uh, back seat of the uh, car, um, you know I thought I cleaned up everything. Well, my dad that was my dad's car. He drove it to work every week, you know, and every everything. So. Next day, he comes in, he pokes his head into the doorway, and he leans in, and he says, So, uh, Mr. Sticky. And I'm like, What? What are you talking about there? And he's like, We're going to have to start calling you Sticky. And I'm like, Well, why is that? And he says, Well, you left pecker tracks everywhere in the back of this car, in the back seat of this car and everything. I said, I swear I cleaned that up. And so, anyway, it started there with Dad, and then went to friends of mine being over, and, of course, Dad had to tell the story. And of course, then I, you know, and then once friends catch it, oh yeah, it's over. Yeah, you yeah, know? you're you're sticky forever. You're sticky every time around. So there's how I became yeah. sticky. Okay, yeah. I just thought it was you used to uh, rub yourself out and then not wash your hands afterwards. <laughs> Close enough, yeah. Close enough, right? Yeah, it, kind of. I yeah. mean, it's similar. Similar. Yeah, yeah, close. It is similar. Close. It is for sure. <laughs> for sure. Now I do have a surprise for you guys. Okay. Um. Me and Matt at Matt Squatch Entertainment. Uh, this is going to be the last song on my album that's going to come out uh, because it's kind of going to be a transition to a little bit of something different. Um, so this one is called The Sinister Minister and it is much more newer synth wave, almost like EDM or techno. Okay. It still has the same flavor of everything and of course by the uh, title. Yeah, it's still dark and evil.
sinister minister hiding in an alleyway so I can't get at you. Find another victim so my hands can finish her. Basement is my playground, pain I'll administer. Tell me your secrets of the Grand Inquisitor. Rip me from your bones, I'm a sinner. Drain blood from you like money, I'm a creditor. Feast on your fear, I'm a sinister minister! What the sinister minister! Sinister minister hiding in your closet so I can get a yo find another victim so my knife can finish her. Headache is my field of agony, I administer. Rip out your sins, I'm the grand inquisitor. Fly so high, I'm exhibitor. Break death to you like taxes, I'm a creditor. Eat all your pain, I'm the sinister minister. What the sinister minister? I'm a sinister minister. I'm a sinister minister. I'm a sinister minister. What the sinister minister? What the sinister minister? So, uh, there we go. That's nice. Now, I feel honored about that one. Uh, you know, that's our, we're, we're the first to hear it other than your living room, so, you know. Yeah, yeah besides for you and the wife. That's yeah. That's pretty much it. And I must say, that, that does have a bit of a uh, ICP-esque A little to bit, a little bit. Yeah, it's, I like uh, that. That has no meaning behind it. No. I just wanted to write no. an evil song about a guy that kills people. Makes sense. I had a couple of those. <laughs> There's a, there's a running theme on this album, Good and Evil, basically. Yeah, there you go. Um, so, another question I like to ask everybody is, you know, say somebody comes up to you and says, Hey, Draven, how do I do get get into doing what you're doing? What would, what would be something you would tell them to do? Man, I don't know if they're trying to do something solo or are they trying to put a band together? Because both of those things are completely different. They are. Um, this project came about because I kept getting... Yeah, I mean, screwed over or dealing with the wrong people mm -hmm. in, in bands. And I was like, I'm just going to do something by myself. Mm -hmm. And with Matt, I only have to rely on him and I to record and whatnot. 
So instead of worrying about five other personalities and I got to work this night for a gig, that night for a gig, like I just was like, well, I know when I can take off. So as far as this one, um, if you're wanting to do it all yourself, man, I'd I'd, I'd go and go on like American Music or Musician's Friend, get you a, a producing software. I think Fruity Loops is awesome get that you're going to need to get you your interface for your computer i would go ahead and get a condenser mic and things so you can just record everything yourself if you're going to write your own music you might as well do your own recording of your vocals uh fruity loops is super easy to use it's something i'm actually going to start using here pretty soon myself you get the right components and throw everything together and then as far as your show you need a laptop yeah and you know most of the places i'll have microphones i i happen to like the one i have so uh you know just you just need a couple things a, a good hook or image and then just go do your thing mm, maybe uh something good happens to you along the way and you run into somebody like sticky or val and you can start getting yourself out there because mm. definitely you need somewhere to start you know some you can start at open mic nights and stuff but that doesn't really show what you can do. Yeah, yeah. Open mics one thing, but right. getting up on stage performing in front of a crowd is a whole different right. ball game. So if I was going to start a band right now, I would be very careful on who I'm with, just because I've had close people screw me over in oh, bands, yeah. and it was like really. So you know, one big thing that you're going to be like, oh well, I'm in a band, I got a party. There's a difference between, you know, a little social drinking or some, you know, some weed or something that's different than your guitar player being so hammered you can't audition a drummer. Yeah. Uh, so just make sure you're not dealing with alcoholics uh, or, or addicts. There's a, I mean, you can if they're clean. Let me go back to that. If you're clean and sober, it's awesome. But... If they start using again, it's terrible. I had a project right before this I was doing with a buddy of mine. The dude is an amazing guitar player. Amazing. Like, blows people's minds. Uh, I mean, he works and sits and tries to figure out how Steve Vai plays things. That's how good he is. But if he drinks, he's he might as well be a beginner guitar player. And so I was working with him this last time and I was in, and actually I'd worked with him before in my very first band I ever had. That's how good he is. I came back to him and found him to start a project with again. But it, so you got to stay away from negative folks yeah. like that if you really want to do something. Because you can have, I have some amazing music that I can't do. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, you don't have the other people to, right, yeah. right. So I, yeah. uh, so I'm doing this, which I think is awesome. Yeah, uh, it, this probably is my favorite project I've ever had. Yeah. I uh, I did do this. I've had a couple metal bands. the The last one was, I guess you could call it a uh, hard southern rock because it wasn't metal, but it wasn't southern rock. It was also kind of bluesy. Uh, and I did a country band that I was really into for a while that had originals and. We did basically originals that sounded like outlaw country, old school country. 
um, and that fell apart. So I, I just make sure you're getting the right people to yeah. jam with. Well, there we go. So at the end of this, what I like to do is I uh, like to take a page from Sean Evans's Hot Ones. I don't know if you've <laughs> ever seen that. You know, and I watch that all the time. Yeah, we say, well, you've got this camera, this camera, and this camera. Draven, tell everybody out there how to get a hold of you. Oh, wow, okay. How to get a hold of me. Um, Facebook, right now, you can get a hold of me personally. Um, just look up Draven Morningstar. There's a band page, and there's a normal page. You can hit me up on either one of those. The, the normal personal page is probably the one I'd honestly hit me up on if you want to do any booking or collaboration or anything. I have a YouTube page, Draven Morningstar. Um, it has two finished songs on it that will that are album ready. And then I have some demos on there as well. Yeah. So you can find me there. You can find me on SoundCloud and Reverb Nation, although I need to update those. Um, and I may update those and after I get the album out. That'll mm -hmm. be a little simpler. And once I have the album out, then I'm going to holler at Spotify and Pandora. There we go. And of course, you all can find him on through uh, the cabana as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Holler, holler, holler at Sticky. Just, yeah. you know, make sure he wiped his hand off. <laughs> and uh, yeah, hopefully I'm going to finally finish this album. I have 10 tracks. Uh, I think that's a good number. It's going to be Draven Morningstar, and it's called For Love and Lucifer, which is kind of, again, light and dark, Love mm -hmm. and Lucifer. Well, there we go. So you can find me on those. You can look out for that album. It'll probably be a digital album. I know there's one person that wants a hard copy, and she will definitely get a hard copy. Probably get a hard copy from my mom, too, because, you know. Yeah. They're rocking CDs over there. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, Draven, I just want to tell you thank you for coming on to the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, next week we have Sage up here, uh, Darkened Divinity. Um, it's going to be for episode 10. Uh, remember to smash that like button, hit subscribe. We'll catch you all next time.